Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Did you uh, consider what singing here a few moments ago as you sang through some of those songs. Some of those songs you probably heard on, on the radio and you liked those songs, but did you really think about what you were reading? Did you read the words that came up on the screen? You know, when he, that one song I like very much, For All You've Done, did you think about that? Did you think about the reality of what Jesus has done for you? And then when he, grace like rain, washed away my sins, you think about the forgiveness of Christ? And then the last one, he's saying, majesty about the transformation that takes place in your life. Now, Brad didn't realize, I mean, he maybe saw this morning what I was preaching on. But if you look a little bit further where we were at in our passage, we're we're going through the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is going to talk about what our lives reveal. He's going to talk about what your life reveals about you and who you are. It's going to talk about the reality of you. And... The reality is is that if Jesus has transformed you, if, if, if Christ has forgiven you, if, if you truly know Him, it's going to be reflected in your life. It's going to be, you don't even have to say anything. I mean, I, I've told you before, the Bible doesn't give much stock to lip service, to you just simply saying, I love Jesus. Your life is going to reflect what you believe, whether you want it to or not. You know, I remember a few years ago, I... I was a young Christian. This was back 1986, 1987. I was, well, it's a long time ago, but I, I was just a new Christian, and I was involved with a college group at the University of South Carolina, uh, the group that was very instrumental in me coming to faith. And we had, a, we had a, at that time, we had a pastor from Romania come. And this, this pastor was an exile. At that time, Romania was a communist country, and he was exiled for his face. He was a man by the name of Joseph Tan. And I had the privilege of driving him around to where he would speak because he spoke on campus at the University of South Carolina. And then I had to drive him over to Columbia Bible College so that he could speak there. And one of the things he said was, and I thought it's never left me, it was pretty profound. He said, in Romania, you are persecuted for your faith. So if you decide to move from one city to another city, and not tell anybody that you're a Christian, if after two weeks they don't know that you're a Christian, you're probably not. What was he talking about? Without saying anything, if after two weeks people don't know that there's something different about you because of Jesus, you're probably not different. And that's the reality of what Jesus is going to be talking about here in this passage. The reality of you, and that's what we're going to look at here. We've been on an earth walk. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke, looking at this concept of Jesus. We've come to the Sermon on the Mount, and we've been looking at what Jesus is saying here. Now, let me just stop for a moment. I've got to kind of bring you up to speed with where we're at. This sermon, Jesus is building towards something. These are not just one little message here, one little message here, and and several different concepts. So let's kind of review ourselves here. Go all the way back with me to verse 20. Look at what he's saying here. He gives the blessings. He says, blessed are you 
For yours is the kingdom of God. And so he goes on through. He's really talking about blessed are those who are desperate. And why are they blessed? Because he's there. He then goes on in verse 24 and he pronounces some woes. Now here's who he's giving a woe to. That is a warning to. Those who are self-sufficient. Those who are looking to themselves. He then moves on in verse 27 and talks about that you and I need to love our enemies. We're to do good to those who do wrong to us. He then goes on, verse 36 and forward there, he talks about the fact that we need to be merciful. Show mercy to others. Not judge others. Don't use a measuring stick that we can't live up to and use it against them. And then he goes on and talks about the fact that you are a reflection of who the teachers are in your life. We talked about that last week. Now we get to verse 43 through 45. All of this is building to this point. Because here's what he's saying. You've got to love your enemies. You've got to love those who do wrong to you. You've got to show mercy. You've got to quit judging people. You've got to quit worrying about the stuff that's going on in somebody else's life and take care of it in your own life. Because here's the reason why. He comes to verse 43 through 45, and he tells you why. Why is all of that so important? Look at what he says here. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. We can basically divide these three verses up into two sections. First of all, we're going to see a principle here. And the principle is going to talk about the reality of you, who you are. And then we're going to see the principle expressed. The principle we see in verses 43 through 44, and then the expression of that we're going to see in verse 45. So let's look, first of all, at the principle. Here's what Jesus is saying. Look with me, verse 43. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Here's what it's saying. The nature of your heart will be revealed. The reality of you, the nature of who you are, the essence of who you are. Now, when the Bible talks about heart, it's talking about the totality of who you are. It's not just talking about that muscle that's pumping that blood there. It's talking about the total person of who you are, your heart. And the reality of who you are is going to be revealed, folks. It's going to be revealed. Here's what he's saying. The condition of a tree, if it's a bad tree, it's not going to bear good fruit. And if it's a good tree, it's not going to bear bad fruit. What's he saying here? If your condition of who you are, your heart condition, is not right, it's going to be reflected in who you are. If you're, bad, if you're a good person, it's going to be reflected in who you are. Now let me just stop for a moment, because in our circle of churches, we've kind of confused something here. We've, oftentimes we refer to fruit as, how many of you have heard it this way? Fruit is the number of people that you lead to Jesus. How many of you have heard that before? You're to bear fruit, so you're to bring others to Jesus. How many of you have heard, heard that? Okay. Here's the problem with that. It's not in the Bible. That's something some preacher said that gets you to get moving out there with evangelism. Now, you need to get moving with evangelism, but let's be biblical. Here's what fruit means in the Bible. 
Fruit is a Jewish metaphor for both character and action. Character and action. So when he talks about bearing fruit, he's talking about your character and the actions that come out of your character. So for instance, later, if you look in Galatians, when Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit, the Spirit's work in your life is going to produce fruit. When you look at all of those different things that we're going to hear in a few moments, they're talking about character. Your character. And the actions that come out of it. So here's what he's saying. The condition of your heart is going to be revealed. Now, here's what it's going to reveal. First of all, a good heart will produce good character. A good heart will produce good character. With that, next point there, a bad heart will produce bad character. Here's the problem we've gotten today in our churches. And you know what? We talked about a little bit in Sunday school. The world is wise to us. You say, what do you mean, George? We're not pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. Let's stop for a moment. What is the biggest complaint for folks outside of the church concerning people inside the church? They say that the church is filled with nothing but what, folks? Hypocrites. All right, let's stop for a moment. We could get ticked off at that, and there have been times like, oh, you don't know the people I know. I'm not a hypocrite. You know what the reality is? They're right. Because here's what we do. We make a lot of profession, that is, we talk a lot with our mouth about who we are. And they know it. But what comes out of our mouth is not the same as what comes out of our life. What we profess, on one hand, is, does not match up with how we live. Do you understand what I'm saying? What we profess with our mouth, does not match up with what we say. And so what they do is they look at our lives, and we may be saying, I love Jesus, and I go to this church or that church, but with our lives, listen to me, something else is completely revealed that's different. And this is what Jesus is saying. A good tree is not going to bear bad fruit. So I meet folks all the time, you know, they, 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 quote, got saved 20 years ago, but they're living like hell the rest of the time. Simply because somebody prayed a prayer sometime does not mean they're okay, because the fruit of his life was not good. So what am I trying to say to you? The nature of your heart will be revealed. A good heart's going to produce good character. A bad heart's going to produce bad character. And so here's what Jesus says in verse 44. You cannot look for the impossible. He uses the illustration here. He said, every tree is known by its own fruit. Men do not gather figs from thorns. You don't gather grapes from a bramble bush. You know what? In June, when we go picking strawberries, we're not climbing trees for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you go look for an apple, you don't go look in the garden on the ground for it. You look off a tree. When you look at a tree, it's going to produce what it is. The same thing's true with the human heart. A lot of us are looking for the impossible. We're looking for the impossible. We we, we believe just because somebody prayed a prayer that they're okay, and we're looking for the impossible from the life folks. They're only going to produce what their life is reflecting, period. If they don't know Jesus, don't expect them to know Jesus and reflect that. That's what he's saying here. That's the principle. This is where we're at today. 
This is where we need to grasp. You say, well, how then is he expressing it? Look with me, verse 45. This is where we're going to spend the rest of our time is here. He's going to express the reality, express the principle. Look what it says. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of your heart, his mouth speaks. Here's the, uh, here's the reality. Here's, here's what he's saying. First of all, your reality will be revealed. Your reality will be revealed. You know what? A few years ago, in my first church, I was involved in a situation where Somebody did somebody else wrong. I won't go into the details. It was something that took place so long before I got there. And, and somehow I, God in his whatever mercy or grace, or I, I didn't really think of it as grace and mercy at the time, and allowed me to get involved with this situation to bring about some sort of reconciliation between these two folks. And supposedly reconciliation took place when the one party confessed that they did wrong, and that they were sorry. Now, in our circle of churches, you know, when you say you're sorry, that's it. Okay. But the problem is, is that, you know, we've got a wrong concept there because only time will reveal where a person truly is. And simply because you say you're sorry, or simply because you, quote, got yourself right with Jesus, really doesn't mean anything because in the end, your life is going to reveal what the true reality is. And so in the life of this individual, I began to see that six months later, it wasn't even six months, up until the time when I left there, he would always talk bad about the other person, the person he had wronged. I began to realize that he would even begin to start making excuses again for what he had done. And it's then that I began to realize that there is a difference between repentance and remorse. See, at the beginning, both look alike. You know, if I, if, I, if as a boy, and mom had bought a bunch of those um, striped fudge things from Tall House, you know, cookies, those fudge supremes or whatever, and I loved those. And if she kept catching me going in there and getting them after she told me not to, especially if I didn't eat my vegetables... I don't like vegetables, and I wasn't allowed to get any until I ate my vegetables. And if she kept catching me, get those. And I said, I'm sorry. But she'd catch me going after it again. After a while, all the sorries don't mean anything. It's just remorse. It's remorse that I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar. Repentance actually is quite different. It's, I'm sorry about what I've done. I want to make it right. There's going to be a change. See, this is what Jesus is saying. Out of a, a good man, out of his good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. An evil man, out of the good evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. Here's what he's saying. The reality of who you are is going to be revealed over time. Period. It's not just a momentary thing. See, we place so much emphasis in our church in momentary decisions. Walking an aisle, praying a prayer. But it's the reality of who you are over the long haul that really expresses who you are in Jesus. That's the reality, not the momentary thing. There's nothing taken away from the momentary. You need the momentary things, but you've got to move beyond the momentary. It's the essence of who you are. 
So the reality will be revealed. In fact, here's what Paul says. If you go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 23, I'll read these for you. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which... I've told you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, there's that word fruit again, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. What's he saying here? The essence of who you are is going to be revealed in what? Your actions. He goes on now. Here's the other thing here. Here's what we see here from this, from this verse. Character is the outflow of our hearts. Character is the outflow of our hearts. Character is the outflow. One of the most disturbing things for me, and I'm a pastor, so I can talk about this, is a trend today in today's churches. And I had a friend that this has happened to. We, we don't focus on character anymore. Have you noticed that? Character doesn't mean anything anymore. It's, it's what you're able to do. So if you're a president and mess up, as long as you do the job, it doesn't matter what your character is. You just do the job. And that filters down through every aspect of our society. And it even filters into the church. So you have a pastor who falls to adultery. I am shocked that normally... Most people want to put him back into a pulpit when his character is destroyed because he's got the abilities and the gifts. But my friends, I want to tell you something. It's not what you're doing, it's who you are. And your character is an outflow of your heart. And if you don't have a character, character isn't built overnight, folks. You just don't go to a 12-step program and change your character. Character changes over time. And so here's what Jesus is saying. Character is an outflow of the heart. A good person out of the treasure of his heart is going to bring what? Good. An evil person out of the treasure of his heart is going to bring what? Evil. Evil. He then goes on and he says this. Here's the reality. Look at this. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Here's what he's saying. Your mouth is the window to your soul. Your mouth is the window to your soul. Do you want to know who you are? Here's what Jesus is saying. Out of the abundance of your heart, out of the abundance of who you are, you speak. So if you listen, if your tendency is, because here's the thing, we can cover our mouths, we can learn to speak right, can't we? You know, I, I grew up in South Carolina, and... We, Lori and I were just having this discussion about the differences in raising kids and stuff. And, and when I grew up in school, I mean, it, it was a law. I mean, it, I think it is a law now in South Carolina. It's a state law. You have to say when you go to school, listen to this, folks. Teenagers, listen to me. You have to say by law now, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Yes, sir, and no, sir. Some of you are like, oh, my, I don't want to move there. You have to there. Now, here's the problem. 
I grew up with a lot of folks who said yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and they still didn't respect their teachers. Because you can say the right stuff, still have a wrong heart. You understand what I'm saying? And eventually, maybe in class you said yes, sir, and no, sir, but outside in the hallway you maybe said what you really felt because your mouth will always reveal what's inside your heart. That's what Jesus is saying. Listen, folks, if I were to hang out with you or you were to hang out with me for a week, what would the way that we talk reveal about who we are? What would the way we talk about the clerk who doesn't serve us right at Walmart reveal about who we are? Or the waitress who's kind of slow bringing the refills on the iced tea? What would that reveal? Or the cook who gets my burger half raw instead of well done, my reaction to that. What does that reveal? See, the reality of who you are is going to be revealed in what you say. See, this is kind of a side principle because you say, well, I know Jesus, I'm okay. Yeah, but you know what? The condition of your heart is still going to be revealed. If you're a critical, self, self-grandizing, backbiting, cutting person, that really reveals a lot about where you're at. That's the reality. Your mouth is the window to your soul. Now, there's one more point I want you to see here. Because some of you are probably saying, well, what about, you're asking for us to be sinless? You're, you're telling us that we can't sin? You, I mean, the fact of the matter is we all sin, George, and so are we all doomed? Is this what you're saying? No. Here's the issue. Here's what Jesus is talking about. The issue is life patterns, not individual moments. The issue with people is their life pattern, not individual moments. Because the fact of the matter is, folks, will we all sin? Yes. Yeah, all of us are going to sin, right? Will we all do wrong? Given the right circumstances, the right situation, probably the chances are you're not going to do right. But what Jesus is talking about here, my folks, is not just an inter- is a moment. He's talking about a pattern. You can see in the revelation of a person's life over a time period what they're like. For instance, let's go back to my illustration earlier about that guy that I dealt with. For the moment, it looked like he was making things right. But over time, what did time reveal, folks? That he wasn't making things right. See, Jesus is not just talking about individual moments. He's not talking about that. He's talking about life patterns. What does your life pattern reveal? What does it reveal? What is the reality of you? So let's, let's kind of close it here. What are three things I want you to think about. In light of what Jesus is saying, because next week we're going to wrap it up. We're going to get to verse 46 to 49 where he takes it one step further. What do you mean one step further? Because next week he's going to say, why do you call me Lord and you don't do the things I tell you to do? Here he's talking about the reality of who you are. Now he's going to take it one step further and say, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I tell you to do? So let's, let's kind of wrap it up here. What is he saying? What does your life reveal? I'm not talking about what your lips reveal as far as I love Jesus. What does the essence of your life reveal about who you are? See, you can, if nobody, if we were all quiet for two months about Jesus, if we never said anything, the reality of your relationship is either going to be shown or not shown. 
whether you truly know Jesus is going to be shown in your life, period. How you deal with things, how you handle things. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be sinless. You're going to sin, but it's also going to be revealed in how you deal with your own sin. What does your life reveal? See, talk is cheap. And we deal with a world that already says what? Churches are filled with hypocrites. And you know what, folks? They didn't just come up with that one on their own. They deal with Christians all the time. Think about this for a moment. I think, how ironic is it when you talk to people and they say, well, yeah, I don't like dealing with Christian businessmen. I'd rather deal with an unsaved man. Because Christians will take advantage of you. Yeah, and I thought about that. That's probably true. And they'll probably say, yeah, because they expect forgiveness. See, the reality of your life is going to be revealed. So then that brings the next question. Okay, what's your life reveal? So that brings the next natural question here. What is the condition of your heart? See, here's the thing. I don't hang out with you all, all week long. I maybe, okay, we're going to hang out today for a little bit. I'll talk with you afterwards. We'll, we'll hang out a little bit. But then most of the week, you don't ha- I'm not hanging out with you. You're going to go to work. You're going to go... You know, you're going to do your thing. You're going to be with your family. You're gonna, I mean, you're going to be by, I mean, I don't know who you are. You do. And you know what your life reveals. So when you look at what your life reveals, that next question you've got to ask yourself is, what does that tell me about my heart? What does that tell me about who I really am? And with, with that, the question is, what does that tell you about where I'm really at with Jesus? See, we can snow people. You know what I'm saying? We have degrees, master's degrees in snowing. We can put on airs. We can walk in and talk the talk. But the reality is, is that can all hide who we really are. In fact, isn't that what the issue is with the Pharisees? I mean, the people that Jesus is coming in conflict with, the reason why they're in conflict with Jesus, listen to me, folks, the reason why they're in conflict with Jesus is because Jesus is exposing them for where they're really at. What did he call them? Whitewashed tombs. Looks good on the outside, but what? Filled with dead man's bones on the inside. What is the condition of your heart? So then, if you're recognizing that there's not, if something's not right there, really, here's the next point. Get right with God. If, if you realize that your life is producing something that is contrary to who you really should be, then you need to get right with Him. Because when you get right with Him, He's going to develop character. What is the fruit of the Spirit, folks? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. He's going to develop character in your life that is going to produce fruit, character, out of your life, right there. In fact, listen to what John the Baptist says. Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. Here's John the Baptist. He's rebuking... The Pharisees, the scribes, the leaders who were there, he, he says to them in a verse, you know, who warned you to flee from the coming judgment? And then he says this in verse 8, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. What's he saying? Bear character and actions worthy of repentance, of getting right with God. See, this is the thing. If I'm realizing that my life is revealing something that's not right, if my life is revealing a heart that's not right with God, then I've got to get right with God because when I get right with God, 
then my life will bear fruit that's worthy. That's what he's saying. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.